You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. And yes, every person has worth and value, but not every person is facing the same level of harm in our society from how our current society is structured or shaped. Welcome to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 341, and our title this week is Not Everyone is in Need. In the Gospel of Mark, we read in Mark 2.17, On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Every person has worth and value. When a person is attacked by sickness, though, uh, their immediate need demands that they take priority. This is the ethic of, of preference or priority that we see in the passage above from, from Mark's gospel. This doesn't only apply to physical sickness. The ethic in Mark can apply just as equally to those being harmed today by systemic or societal sicknesses. Howard Thurman, he refers to this specific focus and priority in his book, Jesus and the Disinherited. This is from pages 16 through 17. It is necessary to examine the religion of Jesus against the background of his own age and people and to inquire into the content of his teachings with reference to the disinherited and the underprivileged. We would expect this kind of preferential treatment in in Mark's gospel. Mark's gospel was not written to be universal. It was written for those thermal referred to as the disinherited and underprivileged. As W.R. Telford tells us about the book of Mark, he writes, and this is from his book, Writing on the Gospel of Mark, page 172, Mark's gospel originally was written to help imperial subjects learn the hard truth about their world and themselves. He does not pretend to represent the word of God dispassionately or impartially, as if the word were inconvenient innocuously universal in its appeal to rich and poor alike. His is a story uh, by, about, and for those committed to God's work of justice, compassion, and liberation in the world. In Matthew's Gospel 2, in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, we read, Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' call here in Matthew 11, it didn't go to all indiscriminately. It went out to those that were oppressed by their society's social economic, political, and even religious system, those who were worn out, those who were burdened, those who were needing uh, liberation. Luke's Jesus makes the same distinction in Luke's gospel in Luke 6.20 and in Luke 6.24. It says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And he immediately adds, this is verse 24, but woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Jesus's vision of 
of God's just future, what the gospel authors call the kingdom here on earth, was one where those who were presently made poor by the, by the present system, they became blessed and comforted and liberated from the heavy price of discrimination and being othered. The message Jesus declared that God's just future held for, for those already privileged in, in his society was just simply, you've already received your comfort. And that was all he said. What we have seen in each of these examples is what liberation theologians refer to as a preferential option for the oppressed. The word preferential denotes a preference. An option denotes a deliberated choice to stand with one side over and against the harm being done to them and those who would perpetuate that harm. It's a preference given to the well-being of those who are, are powerless in their society. Near its close, Matthew's gospel paints the picture of, of the nations being arraigned on a day of judgment and their verdict hanging on one and only one criteria. Matthew 25, the question is asked, how did each person treat the most vulnerable and powerless in their society. And this question can be asked of people individually and personally, but it can also be asked of societies systemically. In Luke's gospel, Jesus explains his preferential treatment for those his community had pushed to the margins. He tells the story of a shepherd who when one of his sheep is in when one of his sheep is in danger, um, danger of being harmed, he leaves in Luke 15:3, he leaves the 90 and 9 in the open country and goes after the lost sheep until he finds it. As I write this, I have to admit this week that my heart is heavy. After a summer of what felt like progress with dealing with racial justice, and yet after the violence and the racial bias in Wisconsin recently in the shooting of Jacob Blake, there is still uh, all lives matter rhetoric coming from some sectors of Christianity. And I'm tempted to believe that they're, uh, they're not just those who don't get it. What we have now is those that are refusing to get it. The, the rhetoric and movement of Black Lives Matter is the same preferential option for the oppressed as practiced by the Jesus of the Gospels, as we've seen in our passages this week. Uh, to be certain, the love of, a, of the God that Jesus teaches, that, that love is universal. Jesus is God, loves everyone. But if Christians really believe that, then justice for the objects of God's love who are being systemically harmed in our society must follow close behind. And yes, again, the love of the Gospels is universal. And yes, every person has worth and value, but not every person is facing the same level of harm in our society from how our current society is structured or shaped. Jesus said that those who are well don't need a doctor. Those being attacked by societal sickness, they're the ones that do. This is why Christians not only saying Black Lives Matter, but also working alongside others to correct the harm our system is causing to Black and other less privileged communities is quite possibly the most 
most Christ-like work a Christian can be engaged in right now. Gustavo Gutierrez, in his book, uh, Essential Writings, page 289, we read this. Christians have not done enough in this area of conversion to the neighbor, to social justice, to history. They have not perceived clearly enough yet that to know God is to do justice. They have yet to read the path that will lead them to seek effectively the peace of the Lord in the heart of social struggle. Peace and justice in the social struggle. These are the values that I see being taught by the Jesus of the Synoptic Gospels. These are the stories that continue to remind me in our our present structure that it's not those unaffected by society's sicknesses who need solidarity at this moment. It's those that are being harmed. Heart Group application this week. Again, we at Renewed Heart Ministries are continuing to ask all of our heart groups not to meet together physically at this time. Please stay virtually connected and practice physical distancing. And and when you do go out, remember we are in the midst of a pandemic that has not been taken seriously enough. Please keep a six-foot distance between you and others. Remember to wear your mask and continue to wash your hands regularly to stop the spread of this virus. We are just days away from peaking over 200,000 people who have lost their lives as a result of this virus in the U.S. So, So remember, this is a time when we can practice the resource sharing and mutual aid found in the Gospels. As I even say that, I'm thinking of... uh, of those out west who are dealing with the loss of everything as a result of the wildfires that are there. Uh, Make sure wherever you are that those in your heart group have what they need right now. This is a a time to, to work together and to prioritize those who are most in need and those who are most vulnerable among us. Number one this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group and discuss that amongst yourselves. Number two, how can white Christians especially support and work alongside black communities and communities of color at this time in America's history. Discuss with your group and then put something from the discussion into practice. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for all? Thanks for checking in with us today. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.